G'day everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. As always, I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, at Ethos Pelicans is the show. Now we're at the halfway mark, well I'm going to call it the halfway mark, we're probably a little bit beyond that with the all-star break. So, you know, I've had a couple of days off and uh, refreshed and uh, revitalised. So I thought to kick us off, I've got to bring someone in. I've got to, I've got to bring in someone who knows much more than me that wants to chat it out. We're going to break down the pills. We're going to break everything down. And it is from the Bros Who Think Network. You know him, Lynn Burton. Lynn, how you going, mate? Good to have you on the show. Thank you, man. Thank you, Law. Glad to be here. And first time to all the my, the Australian listeners. Good day. How you doing? I like. I love it. I'm so excited to be on this show to all the listeners in America. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me, man, for real. Uh, the pleasure's all mine. Uh, I know we were talking about it for a little while, and uh, I think we originally met back on, oh, Elliot Clough's show. Oh, would Before, have been and, last and, year. Yeah. yeah, and now he doesn't even do Pelicans uh, media anymore. Like, he's he's turned to, like, a college. I don't even know what college it is. Yeah, I think he's at UNI. Uh, he's moved, that, moved back it. home, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's living it up over there. So shout out to him. I don't know whether or not he's listening, but hopefully. <laughs> yeah, shout out to E, man. Shout out to Elliot. We miss you, brother, in Pelicans media. To right, um, he was the uh, the stabilizing force amongst people. I think he was um he was the he was nice. <laughs> and, uh, he was and definitely an him. optimist <laughs> among us for sure. Exactly right. So how's things going? How's the uh, how's the network going? It's all your four podcasts. You were telling me off show, uh, off off air. How's how's it all going? Yeah, man. Uh, for those that don't know, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to even talk about this. I, I have a podcast network. That's how I got into this. Um, we started in June of 2017 with the Bros Who Think podcast. That's our main show, our flagship show, which is a pop culture commentary where we talk about things that are going on in Twitter, relationships, sports, just basically anything that's uh, taking over the conversation of the cultural zeitgeist and pop culture. Then we have a movie show where we talk about movie news and TV news. Uh, we also review the latest movies and TV shows on that show as well. It's called Bros Who Binge. We also have an anime show that's the same format as the other movie show, but it's strictly revolving around anime and uh, manga. And then we have a YouTube exclusive show called Run It Back, where we review old movies. Like it's like we're taking like we review every movie that's not a present movie. Like we the last one we did was All the President's Men with Robert Redford and um, Dustin Hoffman. We've done Inglorious Bastards. We've done um, I'm trying to think of some Training Day. We've done Super Bad. So movie older movies that uh, we all love in because uh, we're we're movie nerds at heart. And we have a bunch of other shows coming as well, shows that I don't host. And we're just trying to expand the network and grow, man, and, and make it as cool as possible and, and give people dope content that is relatable and great interviews as well. That's awesome. I'll, I'll be tuning in for sure. Um, yeah, really uh, fantastic uh, that it's all coming together for you. And, you know, I like guys that uh, go out and say, well, I'm going to, create something that's different and I'm going to create something that's ours and a unique and, and what people want. So all credit to you. And uh, yeah, look forward to, 
to investing in all of those. Um, Look, man, it, 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 it's, it's not a one-man show. I'm nothing without my team. Let me just shout them out real quick. Shout out to my guy, Adam Schubert, host of Bros Who Binge. Shout out to my guy, Chrissa SJE, uh, host of Anime Talk. Shout out to my guy, Christian Hollinger. We do YouTube videos together, part of the anime and manga division. We review different uh, manga chapters. Shout out to my guy, Ian Hawley, uh, host of Run It Back. And um, let me make sure I'm not missing anybody. Shout out to our new host, Jay and Parf. Uh, shout out to my co-host of the Bros Who Think podcast, Brooklyn, and our new co-host, Jazz. And shout out to our guy, Justin Ivey formerly of Hip Hop DX, who hosts a hip hop exclusive pod that we present called Never Less Than Ill. So got a lot going on, man. I'm like I said, I'm nothing without my team Be because of the work we put in. I, I got a radio show at ESPN Lafayette because of that. So like this is for those out there listening. If you have a dream, I am a firm believer of follow and work hard and you can get it. That's good, uh, good life advice. I think it translates to any uh, anything you're chasing. And uh, yeah, no, all credit to you. And you know, well, I mean, thought. we met through this, like yeah. we met through through podcasting. It's crazy okay. how great the internet is. I like I'm I'm on a podcast that a guy from Australia makes, and I'm a guy in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's just awesome. Yeah, I oh, know. I agree. And um, you know, I think it really has broken down the geographical barriers now you know people can chat to people all over the world you know this will go out to all over the world i know there's people in poland listening and uh hey, shout, out to our, and <laughs> shout out to our polish friends shout out to our argentinian friends like oh this Singapore. that that is amazing yeah. international yeah. lyle man <laughs> yeah, no, international yeah. lynn i love it <laughs> too right exactly so you know um people are listening and uh, we appreciate everyone out there that is listening you know and if you want to check someone else out Go and check it all out over at, uh, at the Bros Who Think Network. And you now, can follow that Twitter at Bros Who Think. There you go. Sorry, perfect, <laughs> perfect. So, what are we here for? Pelican. Oh. So, I oh know it's almost a dirty word at this point. Uh, <laughs> all star break was going to be mm -hmm. pretty quiet. No Brandon Ingram. Um, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, two guys didn't play. Nonsense. You know, a bit of. Um, Carry Chris on. Paul, that clown, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Just uh, really screwed the pooch for Brandon. Like, dude knew his hand. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, not to go off on tangent. Go he ahead. knew his hand was broken in that Houston game. You could see it. He says it, and like, you're going to just do a facade of like, oh yeah, I'm going to just be an all star just to be there. Like, bro, you, they will still would have let you there and sit on the bench. Like, that's so, that's so messed up. Well, I 100% agree. I mean, Draymond Green was there and he wasn't playing, but uh, was, exactly. was still a part of it all. So disappointing, uh, to say the least, um, and a bit disrespectful, I think, uh, for I agree for, uh, for the way they did it. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, different situation, got crook the day of. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to get him out there a few hours before. Um, so At least KD did it right and was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not participating in the All-Star game find a replacement like I respect Kate like KD is one of my favorite non Pelicans players and I just I respect how he did it because like you said Chris Paul and Draymond were super disrespectful for that yeah I, I yeah not not impressed about it at all and um I just thought it was it was disappointing because you know these guys are obviously holding onto a torch they're at the other end of their careers Brandon's right yep. at the start you know the torch is gonna pass otherwise it drops off and um yeah, and if you look at like win share ratings, like Brandon's win share ratings is so ex it's extremely high. The majority of the Pelicans wins are with him, like without him, 
that's where majority of those losses come. And all-star shouldn't be about your team record. It should be about how you impact your team and your individual stats. And to me, Brandon Ingram is the definition of an all-star way more than Andrew Wiggins, but that's a, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole, um, whole nother kettle of fish that carry on. And um, yeah, I mean the popularity contest, which is the, uh, the all-star starters and big markets mm-hmm. are always going to have a, an advantage there because they've got more people. I mean, I remember Facts. um when Jeremy Lin was on the, uh, was doing his Lin Sanity stuff, almost an all-star starter because of the, for the Knicks, yeah. China, you know, and, and, and the Knicks, you know, his votes, we're only I don't know, something like 2,000, 3,000 less than some of those big name stars at the time. And, um, like, I remember, like, he was beating out, like, Dirk Nowitzki and, like, Dwayne Wade. It was like, what? How? Yeah, exactly <laughs> but, right. but that's how. The, the popularity contest, for sure. And uh, but we did have some representation with CJ McCollum in the three-point contest. We did, and Herb Jones in the uh, in the rookie sophomore, whatever the Rising Stars game as I well. I kind of like the new style of making it four separate teams and doing a tournament. Like that's that's cool stuff. They just need to get rid of that dunk contest, Lyle, and make it like a one on one King of the Hill because that was the worst dunk contest I've ever seen. That was the worst presentation the NBA has ever put on. It was the worst anything like across the board. It was the worst event the NBA has ever put on in its history it was an embarrassment to the league honestly uh, i could the the most telling video that i saw that came out from it was there's jalen green in the background he's going for a dunk kareem stands up and leaves (laughs) and he's being like ushered out by some like a lady's just like walking him out and can you blame him? That's an old man. Dude likes to go to sleep early. He stays up. He, he stayed up for that Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine dunk contest. If the dunk contest is good, he'll stay. But he saw people miss like but at that point, Lyle, the dunk contest had just started in everyone before Jalen Green and Jalen Green had missed at least yeah. five to six dunks. It was it was embarrassing. And, you know, they've, they brought in this rule where it only counts as an attempt if the ball's on the way down. Which I think is just I know they asinine. <laughs> the definition is so it's like basically the um uh, the foul rule at the moment. No one knows what's going on. It's it's completely mm-hmm. subjective. And you've got this guy who's throwing the ball, goes to jump, and doesn't put the ball down. Just basically holds on to it, holds and that's it, and flies. An that's not <laughs> yeah. an attempt. And you're sitting there going, "Well, I've been here half an hour waiting for you to do the exact thing that you're going to do in twenty minutes." Well. Come on, like let's get yeah. it together. You can't be sitting I, I, for three hours. I've seen I've seen better guys dunk on TikTok and YouTube than I did in that dunk contest. Yeah, I think I think there should be like a public thing where they go out and find like just professional dunkers because that would be awesome. Um, had that what was the show Dunk Stars or something like yep, that? Yep, which with Shaq and all them hosted on exactly. TNT. Yep, with Jordan uh, Klingnon or whatever. I'm sorry if I'm messing your name up. But he was great. Like, I I remember that 100%. Scorpion Dunk. You can make that. Yeah, 100%. And you could do it on Saturday. You can make the public event first, then do skills challenge, then three-point, and finish the night with one-on-one King of the Hill tournament. Whoever wants to participate, and this will be known as the best one-on-one player in the NBA and I guarantee you that would raise ratings of the all-star game of all-star weekend and, and fix the problem of the dunk contest because to me Lyle I think this all started when LeBron James did not participate in the dunk contest yeah. before LeBron you got every star from Michael 
Kobe. It was it was a rite of passage for young stars to do the dunk contest. When LeBron didn't do it, he allowed for people like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, um, just just the stars of that time not to do it. We got an anomaly year with Blake Griffin. It was an it was an anomaly. It was great. Then it was shitty until Zach Levine and Eric Gordon. And then, which was another anomaly year. And then we got to this point now. There's no reason why John Morant, Zion Williamson, if healthy, like some of these young stars aren't yeah. doing it, but they don't feel inclined to. Yeah, and what and what benefit do they have to do it? You know, they're exactly. there. at the moment, they're, they're using it as if, like, it's a bit of a clout-chasing sort of thing. If you're in the dunk contest, you know, that sort to of... To raise your stock. You know, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. You know, remember we had the one... Um, Oh, what was his name? Jeremy uh, Jeremy Evans from the Utah Jazz. They had that one. He painted a picture. That was a few years ago. There was all these like no names. You're sitting there going, "Yep, who are no these one people? Knows who you, what you're doing? <laughs> you know." And 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 then we're never going to see you again. You know that. Yep. Um, what's his name? Derek Jones Jr. was a G League player for the Suns. Came and did it, and, and now he's in and the literally <laughs> the only reason why I know who he is in Miami is because of the dunk contest. Yeah. It's same thing you can argue happened with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon became like this known dunker. People thought he was all-star caliber. And yeah. then it was like, oh, no, wait, he's really not. And now he's in his proper role in Denver as a role player. Yeah, exactly right. And, and he got the bag too. So he'd be happy with that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, he did. Um, he secured that. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah, the one thing I did like was the new format of the uh, – Skills challenge. I thought having yeah. the three teams, I thought, I mean, that Giannis was, they said, Giannis, who do you want to play with? And he said, oh, <laughs> I'll bring my brothers along. They got nothing yeah. else on. And, you know, um, besides that, I thought it was just such good fun because it made it entertaining because the guys were like, oh, hang on. We've actually got a, a competing. Got to try. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. There wasn't this mentality of, uh, um, you know, you were playing, you were playing for something because it was three mm-hmm. teams. You didn't get to get in the final. It wasn't like yep. it was just 1v1v1. You had to play together. Uh, no, 100%. Like, All-Star Saturday night was it literally, minus the dunk contest, this was a great All-Star yeah. weekend. And the NBA, I've argued for a long time, Lyle, has the best All-Star anything in out of all the professional sports. I know people love the home run derby, but I argue that NBA Saturday night is just as entertaining as the home run derby. Plus the all-star game is better than that. So the only one competing is baseball and Saturday night minus the dunk contest lived up to that. Yeah. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I mean that uh, three point contest was awesome. I man. loved it, man. <laughs> I was pulling for like, at first, I was like, man, I'm not really pulling for Carl Anthony Towns. I'm pulling for CJ. Mm. And then when CJ lost, I was like, okay, who am I pulling for? And then it was like, okay, I want to see. Um, It was Carl. I forget the two guards that was in it. It was Carl and um, crap. Oh, <laughs> it, um, Luke Kennard, yep. Carl Anthony Towns. And there was one more guy who was in it. I can't. Oh, hold on, I'm going to look it up real quick. I, I can't believe I'm blanking on it right now. But I was pulling Wait, for Carl Anthony Towns yeah, right. because... He 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 played. He's a big man in Lyle in high school. I played uh, center and power forward, and I was one of the only centers and power forwards in in our division that would shoot threes. And people yeah. would be like, "Oh, look at this guy not being a real big," but I would still post up. So, in my heart of hearts, I still have a love for big men who can shoot. It all started from Dirk Nowitzki because uh, I I used to watch Dirk like nobody's business and do the one legged shot oh, all the wicked. time. Yeah, oh, I mean that's one of the um. 
one of the all-time shots, wasn't it? The old Dirk uh, little fadeaway off the one leg. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, Trey Young. I was pulling for Trey Young. Trey Young, Young, of course. Trey yeah. Young in, in, uh, in Carnathy Towns. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, Carl Towns was coming in as the uh, uh, Ruffy as well. You know, he was sitting at $12 or something in, in Australian betting, but uh, I think what, 1200 <laughs> or something in uh, in, in America. Yeah, in it was huge. Um, it was you know, big. And he's and- sitting there. Splashing it, nearly broke the record. Oh, he did break the record, I think. He did break the record. He broke Devin Booker's record. And the crazy thing is, he was saying how he's the best shooting big man. And he was like, yeah, this proves it. And I'm like, "Mm, Dirk still exists, brother. But, like, you could be the second greatest shooting big man. I mean, we can go all the way through. I mean, I think Carl Towns is probably the most complete shooting big man. But I don't know if he's the greatest. I'm not giving it to him over Dirk. No way. Yeah, Yeah, facts. Um, But, yeah. So, all-star happened. Unfortunately, there we will have to talk about it, and I, I don't mm-hmm. want to. Um, and we have been—I mean, we were both in the spaces yesterday, uh, listening to it all get broken down. And it is the Zion Williamson, well, news-ish. I don't know what, yeah. what, do, you, what do you even classify it as? It was—he was a mention of him. National media took hold of it. We've sent our franchise into a tailspin, and it's purely that CJ McCollum was interviewed. On the uh, on the broadcast and asked if he'd spoken to Zion. He said no, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. A couple of days later, Malik Andrews and, and comes Shaq out. and Color Shaq and well, you got to add to this, Law, because yeah. it's it's very important. Shaq, Chuck, and Kenny made it even more awkward because they were like, like, do you know what's going on? He was like, nah. And then Shaq's Chuck's laughing like <laughs> he's out of shape, <laughs> and like it, it just was a big a big mess, man. It was a hot mess, and to say he's the president of the Players Association and. That was just not a good look for Zion and the team, especially on All-Star Saturday night. Yeah, and particularly because it, it really did take away, I think, from that, that became the overarching news. It wasn't mm-hmm. we got this sideline of the dunk contest, but now no one's talking about that. But every every place I look, I'm seeing more about Zion Williamson and this two-second snippet that CJ McCollum has said this. And yep. we subsequently know that... Um, he did reach out to CJ Malika Andrews from ESPN uh, uh, released that as well. Came out mm-hmm. that subsequently they spoke, um, but now it, it has, I suppose, painted this uh, target, I guess, on Zion, and and perhaps the Pelicans took a fair bit of the uh, the criticism throughout the journey up until this point, and then it sort of switched it, now, and the narrative it, has changed. And and I think the CJ McCollum incident combined with. J.J. Redick on first take. Yeah, exactly. What J.J. Redick did was basically he was because at first you got to think J.J. Redick has a beef with David Griffin. He is a Duke brother with Zion. He's not mentioning the Pelicans. He he's blaming the Pelicans. So you have him blaming the Pelicans. National media likes to pick on the Pelicans. They've been blaming him. But like you said, once J.J. Redick came out in the C.J. McCollum, it switched. And I think J.J. came out and said what he said because he's friends with C.J. McCollum one. Brandon Ingram is also part of the Duke Brotherhood, who's been playing really good, too. But more importantly, Trajan Langdon is the GM and him and JJ have a great relationship. And I don't think JJ wants to see Trajan Langdon suffer because Zion's being a detached teammate. JJ's words exactly called him a detached teammate, said that this is a pattern of unprofessionalism of Zion for him not to give the Pelicans a chance with Brandon Ingram and another top 50 player in CJ McCollum. It's just ridiculous. And JJ hammered on him. And I think it was all fair criticism. Yeah. And I think despite what 
the opinion around Pell's Twitter was about JJ Reddick and how it all unfolded. I think he got hammered as well after the way it all ended. And, and I suppose his response... He's welcome back in the city now. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are loving him again. Exactly right. Um, you know, he started the the moniker, the Pell's 12. You know, that was in mm-hmm. direct response of, of him criticising the fan base and people turned around and, um, you know, that's sort of the... Uh, the, uh, the moniker now, as, as I said. But what makes it interesting is JJ's probably got the most intimate insight into this whole thing. You know, he was in there. He was the vet on the team. Um, he yep. played with a whole heap of different all-stars and, and various levels of teams. He, you know, he'd been a Stan guy as well. He, he played with Stan, and Stan had given him a, a lot of his career um, back in, in Orlando. Yep. The, I think that's what the Stark sort of reality was is that he's come out and criticized him and do you think that's um warranted i suppose on zion from what we know and and you know very little i suppose compared to um jj JJ and the and the internal workings of the pelicans but from an outside looking in what's your opinion of this whole saga i suppose of zion williamson and yeah go for it (laughs) first to, to answer the first part, I definitely think it's warranted for JJ to do this. And I, and, I, and I applaud him for doing it because the national media likes to, at least with the Pelicans, they like to blame ever since Anthony Davis, they like to blame the organization and just say it's a, it's a crappy organization. It's a crappy organization. It's a crappy organization. They, they say, let's move it. Let's move it. Let's move it. Meanwhile, not looking at Sacramento, not looking at these other teams and being honest. It's just they failed AD. They didn't win with Chris Paul. They can't win. They can't win. They can't win. And I'll say this, Lyle. We failed Anthony Davis. We did. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Uh, as, as the Zion situation has come, I've grown to be honest about the Anthony situation. I was really upset with Anthony when he left, but we failed him. We, uh, yes, we put DeMarcus Cousins around him, but it was too late. Yes, he had Drew Holiday, but we had the worst medical staff in the in the league we we didn't we had Dell Dimps who was a horrible GM he, he we fired his the best coach in Monty Williams that he had we just we failed him but with Zion Williamson that's a completely different situation we have not failed him Zion Williamson we've put Willie Green around him who's arguably the best young coach in the league we have Brandon Ingram we have Jonas Valanciunas we now have CJ McCollum three guys who are top 50 guys you got Devontae Graham who's a top 100 guy you got Herb Jones who is Top five guy out of the draft, it turns out to be. You got Trey Murphy, who's a shooter, who's meant to play with you. You have this whole team of things built around you. And this is the best situation you have to win. But you're upset because you're not in New York and you're pouting and you're being unprofessional. You're skipping rehab uh, sessions. You're skipping team meetings. You're not talking to teammates. You're not being a decent human being in the sense of just welcoming a new person to your team, your organization, you're supposed to be this leader, but you're detached, you're quiet, you're, 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 and then on the other thing, you're not even speaking about anything. So all we're left to do is speculate like, like we're doing right now. So all of this is warranted in then some, because this is his fault at the end of the day, listening to people who aren't basketball people. And when I say that, I'm talking about his stepfather and his family, because this has to be one of the worst job helicopter parent jobs we've seen. Lyle. A lot of people want to criticize LeVar Ball, but LeVar Ball never, ever got in the way of getting his kids on the court. Never. LeVar Ball was OK, whether his kid went to Timbuktu or his kid went to L.A. He wanted them in the NBA, and he looked out for their best interest. 
this Zion Williamson situation is mind boggling because every decision that his family has made for him has been the wrong decision. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it's one of those things that you, you look at and it's almost, it's head scratching. And, you know, I don't yeah. want to go in on, on anything surrounding, uh, I suppose, the, that comes across as bashing Zion because I don't want to do that because at the same time, I think that's. And, and I'm not trying death. to, that's the yeah, thing. Sure. Like exactly. I'm really not and like, that's the crazy thing. And that's why I said, like, we have the best situation mm. for him. I don't understand if it's about winning, then you can win here, brother. Like I understand yeah. the team messed up your rookie year. I understand the second year wasn't what you wanted, but if Devin Booker, Giannis, Trey Young, and all these other guys, played by that mind state, the Suns wouldn't be what they are today. The yeah. Bucks wouldn't be what they are today. Like for you to have a team built for you in three years, that is special, man. So if it's about winning, why aren't you playing? So that tells me it's you're upset that you didn't go to the Knicks where you wanted to go. And if you wanted to, and if we look at both situations now, bro, they are a worse team than us. So I don't understand. That's why it, it, yeah. it, it's so mind boggling. Like you said. Yeah, I agree. And this this Knicks uh, rhetoric, where you know we're we're hearing that he that that's where he wanted to go. That's you know they they went and got Cam Reddish, who they don't even want, um, or the coach doesn't even want, and it, it looks like they're all pandering to this Zion sort of thing. But they've got nothing that we want for them they to be able it. to get him. But like there's talk nothing, about feel free to send us RJ Barrett. Like we'll have right. him. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll take Mitchell Robinson and completely gut your team. But yeah, we'll take your whole team because like there's <laughs> nothing. There is nothing that the Knicks could off. Like, that's my thing. If you want to get traded, OK, brother, but you're not getting traded there. You're not getting traded to where you want. You might get traded to the Thunder for Shea Gilgis Alexander. You might get traded to to like the middle of nowhere, uh, Indiana for Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm just saying yeah. random yeah. places. These aren't real things. These are just random places because it's to show that like, you're not going to be in control of this. So you're, you're not going to the big market you want. You'll be lucky if you end up in Miami. Like, yeah. you'll be lucky if you get to that big market. You might end up in the six in Toronto, my brother, where it's <laughs> freezing cold and you've never experienced that in your entire life. And let's see how you feel then. But even if you went to the Knicks, Lyle, the coach is Tom Thibodeau. You have injury issues. That would be the worst thing for his career ever. Well, he'd have to go and play 48 minutes a night because that's what Tom Thibodeau does. He just runs his starters into the absolute ground. So, I mean, we saw and that. Zion can't do that, man. Yeah. And, and the expectation for him is that he's going to have to play this uh, defensive, high motor, um, up and down the court for 45 minutes, limited rest. And mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not what they want. He also got to deal with an owner in the Knicks that is just no good. He's been so bad for so long. <laughs> a looney long, tune, okay? man. Dude's, dude's just a looney tune. And... And there's just no accountability over there. Like, what's what? Why would you want to go to a place with no structure at all? Yeah. All right, you got Madison Square Garden. All right, cool. But those Knicks fans, we know they're insane. We've seen all the videos. It's, it all seems almost cloud chasey. Like, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's about winning. I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. the best way I can say it without being seeming bashing him. Because yeah, if it's sure. about winning, then like, you can win here now. Yeah. You can. And the thing for me is that. I want Zion Williamson here. I want him on my yeah, team. I want him to play. Me too. And this, we all know how good he is. We've seen it. We And, you know, this this excuse that has been put around that, you know, last year was no good and the Pelicans did a disservice around him. Okay, I understand. Okay, maybe we went and got 
teams or players. The wrong coach. Would, yeah, the yeah. wrong coach and, and wrong players. But they're also dealing with no crowds, COVID, complete restrictions. So we had that 14-day road trip where they were locked in hotel rooms. You weren't even allowed to see anyone. Yep. But you know what? We've had people come out. Josh Hart said he was gonna. He was just about going to give up basketball. He hated it. You know, Brandon Ingram was having a, a bad time with Stan that's as well. everywhere across the league. No like, one was having e- fun last yeah. year. No one. And then we've mm-hmm. condensed this season. We gave them no off-season. Some of the guys went to the Olympics, rolled straight into a new season, yep. and we're back on again. There's no surprises that people weren't having fun last year. No one had fun in the whole world. I don't know anyone the, that did. And the fact that they're saying that this new coach in Willie Green mm-hmm. has reinvigorated everyone's love for the game, it's like, Bro, you're not going to even give him a shot? Like, I've never seen huh? a, a, a coach keep a locker room when you go 1-12. I've never me, seen that. Me neither. I've That's a great point. I've sacked from 1-12. Yep. That'd be brand new coach. See ya. And they Keep played hard. Like, to that point, even during the 1-12 and, and after the 1-12, this team played hard. With Stan Van Gundy live on my yeah. radio show, I used to have to say one of my keys, and I used to hate this. Mm. One of my keys to them winning was effort. And I used to say on the radio show, man, I should never have to say a key is effort. Not once this year did I ever have to say a key to the game was effort because this team plays hard for Willie Green. And that shows me how good of a coach he is. Yeah, I agree. And a testament to him is mm-hmm. Nikhil and Josh Hart rocking up after they've been traded, sitting yep. courtside. You know, I was sitting there at the trade and I was like emotional. I was like, these guys are our guys and they've been traded. And yep. yeah, I was stoked for CJ to come in as well. And I know that's, you know, that's the business of it, but I've never been emotionally invested in a team. Never. I followed the NBA for a long time and I've never, ever once felt like actual heartache when these guys were traded. And they were our guys, man. And for them to be sitting courtside, like you said, that just shows the culture that Willie has built. Exactly. And it's like, Man, we have something special here. Zion, just open your eyes. Like, give this a shot because it could be something really, really special. Like, I say this all the time. Mm. If it's healthy Zion that we had last year with this team, I am not scared of Memphis. I'm not scared of three through eight. Like, I think one and two scare me, but that's because that's Golden State and the Suns. But I think we could beat Memphis and everyone else with a healthy Zion. I think we're a contender. That's how good I think he makes this team. And I just don't understand if everything he said of how he wants to be like Jordan, a winner, this, that, and the third. Well, you got it now, brother. Yeah, we've and we've done everything. We've The pieces are there. We just have a little, uh, you know, space for you to stand in and, and just take over. And this team all of a sudden explodes. And you see, yep. and people are going, oh, you know, and, and we'll, we'll see the narrative change as well. We're going to see this, oh, you know, we knew that when he came back, they were just going to be so good and have done such good effort putting this player around there and getting this guy and getting that and, leader. And they'll talk about how he's this new Giannis trying to save the small market. And it's like, huh, y'all weren't here during the hell days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, the quote that goes around is that Zion came out and he said, Drew Brees said it best if, you love New Orleans, they'll love you back. And it's exactly the same. You know, mm-hmm. if he comes back, all he has to do is say, I'm here for the team. Or so even if even if it's crap, you know, even if you don't believe it, just uh, say he, it and he everyone don't even have is to, coming. He doesn't even have to say it himself, mm. Lyle. He could get his publicist to write yeah. in an iPhone note. And if it comes from his page, New Orleans is like, our guy, he's back. Like, 
We yeah. would embrace him, lift him up, build a statue for him. All he has to do is just say, I want to be here. And like you said, it could be a lie, but mm. at least say it to where you restore faith. And then that way it's not negative all day. And then when you do come back and play, they'll support you. And if you want to leave, at least you'll have people supporting you until you leave. Well, Drew Holiday, for example, I want to go. Yep. I need to go. We're not on the timeline. I need to go and go to the box. Immediately wins one. Still and one of the most beloved Pelicans of all time. You know, all credit to him. People, I was going for the box because of, of Drew. Drew. You yep. know, all credit to him. And ingra- like you ingrain yourself in the in the culture. It's a, I've, I've been around the U.S. and been to a whole different places. And New Orleans is a place. It's not like the rest of the U.S. It's completely different. It's completely different. Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, is completely different to the rest of the U.S. And that... Ability, that uniqueness of this place resonates with people from the outside. You just got to be able to embrace it. It's us against the rest. Yep. Come in, join the culture, embrace it, and you'll succeed. And exactly. everyone will lift you up. And I think from the outside looking in, because I'm obviously not in Louisiana, not in the US, in, in Perth, and you see this mentality amongst fans um and you know the wider twitter is that they're almost ready to be hurt you know and and i think it comes from um you know seeing anthony davis leave how he did yeah. and you know chris paul and you know that they're ready to be hurt again and you compare that to the small things that zion just has to do just has to do the minimum larry nance jr tweeted yesterday a little flag <laughs> new orleans LA. And people are excited. And people are going nuts. Yeah. Like going nuts. That's all you had to do. I haven't heard anything yep. else from Larry. I don't know him from mm-hmm. Barisot. I haven't never, we don't even, we don't, we don't even know if he can play. Like, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> He's all actually he tweeted was the, <laughs> like you said, all he tweeted was the location little mm. pole flag thing. And it was New Orleans. And everybody's like, our guy, Nance yeah. is coming. The dunker. Let's go. You know, it's not it's not hard, and it's disappointing that these simple things. It's not even it's not even a mentality thing. It's not even like all of that aside, all this like stuff about Zion's character or anything like that to the side. It's his publicity. It's his like yeah. PR. It's just bad marketing. It is, and it's that's just, what I'm saying. The people around it. him, the people around him, are making horrible decisions because, like, like you said, his. Forget forget all the, the basketball yeah. stuff, the off the court stuff. If you want to be a, a jersey seller, if you want to be someone who gets these endorsements like and, and if you notice, I don't know if you notice, Louisiana fans really do move the needle on Twitter like yeah. Louisiana fans made Joe Burrow cool. Joe Burrow yeah. became a nationwide cool guy because of Louisiana stamp. Like when Louisiana gets behind somebody. They they can be famous. Odell Beckham. No, even through all his hardship, people were saying free Odell. That stemmed from here. That mm-hmm. stemmed from here. And it got LeBron to tweet it. Like if you look at a lot of the famous social media people, they come from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And just a just from a PR perspective, if you get this state behind you, it starts to be a snowball effect of everywhere in the South and then everywhere else in the country. If you want to sell shoes, like you should at least do it for that. I've got four of his four pairs of his shoes, all different colorways. I got four pairs for Christmas. I put it on Twitter, and I've got all this gear that's from <laughs> that's Zion. Awesome. There's a Zion figurine on me wall behind there. Like, you know, he's doing this. He's not even playing. Can you imagine how much he'd be able to sell 
to the and that's because I'm a New Orleans fan. Imagine being able to sell it to everyone. Yep. You know? yep. And he still is like when viewership happens, like when he plays, viewership on ESPN is through the roof. Why we have 15 national games last year? Because he was in exactly. It. How many exactly. had this year? Two, you know, <laughs> exactly. and they keep taking them off us. So yep. it's because he's not in there. We still got good players, but we're not yeah. playing on ESPN. I'll tell you what. No, um, that's a fact. And like, it's a good team, but it's not, it's not him. Like yeah. he is that, that star power. And it's the like, bro, guy. you yeah. think you, even, even if you don't want to be here, you would at least think you would want to rehab to get on the court to, to where you can raise your stock to where you can go somewhere. And if you're nice about it, maybe they trade you somewhere decent, but the attitude you're taking, it's like, bro, we'll trade you to the Kings. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. Treasure the NBL in Perth. <laughs> so we going. Um, but, I mean, overall, the season itself has been up and down. I mean, I mm-hmm. think we're 23 and 36. I mean, digressing. We're 11th, yeah. You know, one outside, well, a couple of games outside the plane now. Portland um, have announced today that Nurkic has got plantar fasciitis, so he's going to be out for four to six weeks. I think they're yeah, they're about to start to pulling, pulling shutting people, it all yeah. down. Yeah, um, he'll send him back to Bosnia to go and um, yeah, catch yeah, up. Yeah, we're tied at eleventh right now at twenty three and thirty six, like you said, two games behind uh, the Trailblazers at twenty five and thirty four, and the Lakers sit at twenty seven and thirty one, who I think is catchable as well. Yeah, so this really is the stretch run for us. I mean, we've got to string a few together. Big game against uh, Phoenix coming Phoenix. up. Uh, but no Chris Paul. After. Yeah, no Chris uh, Paul. Yeah, it is. Some, it is. Um, hold on. Give me Friday, one second. Friday it's Friday. Yep. Friday, Friday night. Um, so, you know, that's that's a big one. I think we've got the Lakers. It's a tough um, West Coast road trip coming up. But we've got to win a few. You know, that yeah. I think that has to be the mentality. We, we got CJ in. You have the adjustment period. No one um, can discount how hard it is to bring in another guy. Yeah, uh, especially caliber. in the middle of the season. Exactly yep. right. You know, Brandon Ingram has been the guy. All of a sudden, that's def- the ball. And he was, def- in exact, he was definitely deferring in those first four games could see to get yeah. CJ in. Yeah, you could see it 100%. And so hopefully, you know, I think they're back on the court, uh, back in uh, the training today, um, or Wednesday. Uh, they were they were back in, back to work. And yep. hopefully that gives them a couple of days to at least uh, – I suppose, ingrain and, and learn the plays and things like that um, and be able to play a bit more together. What do you what what do you need to see from these guys for the next few games? What do you, okay. you want to see? Uh, I think what I want to see is more so on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball because I know CJ and Brandon are going to be able to score together. I, funny enough, a lot of the first play, when I saw CJ catch the ball and – oh, no – let me go before that. When I saw Brandon catch the ball on the wing, CJ's on the other side, and I see, oh, defenders aren't hedging over. Oh, defenders are staying true. When Brandon drives, he's getting a legitimate one-on-one. That's because of CJ. So I'm not worried yeah. about offense. What I want to see is defensive rotations, how CJ plays help side, uh, and what, what the closing unit looks like defensively. Are we moving on a string like we were before without Josh Hart? And I want to see who's going to step up in that role of I'm going to get team rebounding. I'm going to make sure I block out. I'm going to make sure I play defense out. I know people are expecting it to be Herb, but we already put a lot on Herb as our best defender. I would like to see someone else step up and be the guy that kind of initiates team rebounding and is the vocal guy on defense to keep us on a string because without Josh Hart, we're missing that. So that's kind of what I'm interested to see because Willie's a defensive coach. 
how does his def- defense change now with with losing a guy like Josh Hart, who kind of was a coach on the floor? Yeah, and I mean, I think we saw that in the first few games that there was a bit of discombobulation, the word of the yep. day, um, in on the <laughs> defensive end. And, um, you know, it comes down to just being comfortable playing together. I, I think it comes down to working out who's going to be the vocal leader on the court. Yeah, now, communication. You know yep. sitting there just barking the whole time sending people different ways, hitting three or four guys as he's going through, you know, that, that hustle effort. And it is going to be the next the next man up. I'm also interested in this rotation going forward. I think That's uh, we played the the eight players in the last game, um, you know, dropping Jose out, dropping uh, Trey Murphy, falling back out after a few games of, of playing some minutes. Um what do you think going forward is I know the rotational short going mm-hmm. uh, a short and going into playoffs. Um, Cause that's typically what they do. They push the other guys harder because you can. Um, what do you want to see in out of this rotation? So for me, I think the players I would want to see play Brandon, I would want the start. I would want the starting lineup to be Brandon. I like the Jackson Hayes at the four thing. Yeah, same. Jonas, CJ and Herb. So that's the five. I want Devontae Graham, first man off the bench, a six man, because I think that fits him the best. I like Tony Snell. He adds shooting and defense. I think he has to be a part of it. He was and huge I, Luca. Huge and honestly, I want Jose Alvarado over Garrett Temple playing. I just do. I do. And, and, and that's that's kind of the eight-man rotation law that I'm thinking. And then you can maybe throw in Hernan Gomez is like if you need an extra big, but that's the eight that I want to see. Brandon Jackson, Jonas, CJ Herb, Tony Snell, Devontae Graham, and, and uh, Jose Alvarado. If it's a bigger team, Gary Clark instead of Jose, but I would prefer Jose every time. Yeah, I think Jose's proven that he's a genuine backup point guard in this league. Yep, um, and he's quality too. Can knock down shots. His height doesn't determine on the defensive end. Like, I like Jose Alvarado a lot. His motor is something else, too. I mean, there was that one, he missed the layup. It was a few games ago, and he ran the whole length of the court and got the steal at the other end. I was, yep. like, just chased this guy down from behind. I thought that was just... Uh, the... And then helped initiate the score on the on the, the next play right after. Exactly right. And, and you know, as a backup point guard, that's what you've got to do. You've got to come in and, and change the um, momentum of the game. And, I mean, we're yep. talking about an undrafted two-way guy now. And to say that... He become a critical part of the rotation. Well, all credit to you. You know, that's yeah, exactly. Working. That's huge. And I'm ready for him for us to give him that contract. And yes. maybe I think Najee might, depending on if Najee, you know, where he's at, Najee's a guy who could fill that Josh Hart role and be that leader. So if that's the case, then you can cut Clark out and use Najee instead. Yeah, and you know that was that was the big um, story last year. Is that now she does the same things that Josh Hart. Josh does well. Um, now let's see it, brother, because you got paid. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And yeah, yeah, he was doing the same stuff that Josh was doing last year because Josh wasn't getting used properly. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, Josh becomes this uh, almost triple double threat nightly because of his ability to pass, rebound, and score. And um, yep, and learned and developed a three point shot out of nowhere. But all credit to Josh for doing that. Like, yeah, <laughs> no 100%. Um, you know, and he seems to be on a bit of a tear for the Portland Trailblazers. So shout he out is. He's been killing. Shout out, to, shout out to Josh, man. Um, so before we wrap up, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time. I'll let you go. Oh, no problem. And, um, yeah. and, and uh, get into your evening. What are your 
retrospectively, now that we're halfway through, what have you liked about this team this year? What have you disliked? And yeah, anything that you want to shout out and we'll wrap up. Yeah, uh, I think my likes would be Willie Green. That that's like the biggest takeaway so far of we got a guy. We got our guy. We can hang our hat on that. We have a guy who's developed a culture. I think the next thing would be I've loved what I've seen from Brandon Ingram stepping into that star role. It's shown that he can lead a team. He can be the guy that's your number one option on a championship team. You just have to put the right pieces around him. So I think those two things really are something that we can hang our hats on as positives. Now, dislikes, he's not here anymore. I would have loved to see Nikhil Alexander-Walker really grow into what we thought he was going to be in the offseason. But, you know, say la vie. But I also would say the injuries and, and that sort of stuff. I mean, classic Pelly stuff. But I really think I'm looking more at the glass half full than half empty because I can see the injuries were a major cause for us being this far in the hole. Like Brandon was out for time. Jonas was out for time. At one point, we had a whole bench unit in there playing and was still winning games, which is crazy to me. And so... I'm not looking at the, the I don't have too many negatives. I really think the major two positives, though, is we have our head coach of the future and we have Brandon Ingram in case Zion Williamson doesn't want to come back or whatever happens with him. We have a guy who can be our franchise guy. So those are the two things that really make me excited about what I've seen this season so far. And I think you've you've summed that up perfectly. I think that is exactly the same for me. And um, yeah. Lynn, thank you so much for joining oh, us. No you problem, got anything man. you want to shout out or, or plug or anything before we uh, before we back up? Gotcha, man. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at LynnBWT. Follow my podcast network on Twitter at Bros Who Think. That's where you get all the information about the shows and whatnot. But the Bros Who Think podcast drops every Thursday. And by the time you guys hear this, uh, when is, if this is dropping on Thursday, well, by the time you guys hear this, there'll be a new Bros Who Think podcast out. And again, you can find all that information at uh, Bros Who Think on Twitter and just search Bros Who Think Network wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It'll be there. And just thank you again, Lyle, man, for giving me the opportunity, man. I can't wait to come and talk Pelicans with you again. Hopefully we'll be in better spirits next time. Yeah, no doubt. We'll, we'll both be there with our championship shirts on and um, yeah. we'll be flying. It'll be good. 100%, man. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, we'll have to we'll chat soon. Yes, sir. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Thanks again to Lynn for joining us. Uh, make sure you go and follow him over at the Bros Who Think Network uh, and you can catch him on ESPN Lafayette uh, on his radio show there as well. So guys, I'm going to wrap up. We'll leave it at that. Uh, we had a fantastic chat, a little bit longer than usual, um, but you know, we, we had a lot to talk about. So go and enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for uh, listening in. If you want to go and follow us, 
like we said at the start, at Ethos Pelicans is the show, at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K is in bank. And bye for now.